0: Welcome to Main Street Vegan with hosts Victoria and Adair Moran. Victoria is an author, inspirational speaker, and a certified holistic health counselor and vegan lifestyle coach. She's here with her daughter Adair, a lifelong vegan and an actress, a playwright, and a stunt performer. To entertain, educate, and inspire you on your journey to look and feel amazing. Eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Now let's get this party started. Here are your hosts, Victoria and Adair.
2: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Main Street Vegan Program. I am Victoria Moran. And I'm Adair Moran. And we are a mom and a daughter, and we're Main Street Vegans. So happy to have you with us. Welcome to everybody who's tuning in for the first time, maybe people that I met and Tampa or Cincinnati or some of the many places I've been traveling lately. And also to those of you who just find us at Unity Online Radio or come upon us online one way or another, we're happy to have you with us today. The way we work things around here is that for the first segment, Adair and I just talk about all kinds of stuff. And if you want to call in and talk with us, you are more than welcome to do that. The number is 888 558 6489. That's toll free, 888 558 6489. We would love to hear what's on your mind. In the next two segments today, we're going to have some wonderful, wonderful health guests. We'll have Dr. Alan Goldhammer and Dr. Michael Clapper. They're both of True North Health in Santa Rosa, California, so feel free to call in with your health questions. And I do know that most of you are listening online or you're listening later with uh, iTunes or, or Stitcher. We've been looking at the numbers and the listeners are growing, 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 which is fabulous, but I know most of you are listening after the fact. So that when I say call in, I'm I'm calling on a a smaller pool of listeners. But, you know, if you're out there and you're a little bit shy and you're thinking, oh, gosh, I'm going to be on the radio, call us anyway, because we'd love to talk with you. Well, Adair... I had a big week.
1: Yes, I know. You, uh, you You had a big addition to the
2: family. I did. And, you know, it would be wonderful to say, yes, we had this addition to the family. Beautiful, adorable little dog named Forbes. I always said that when I adopted a dog, I would name him Forbes after the Money magazine to remind me that the greatest wealth is those we love. Met the little guy, a week and a half ago at an adoption outside a PetSmart store here in Manhattan and really fell in love and wanted to bring him home then. But there were some kind of strange things. One was that the people were encouraging me, yeah, take him home now, take him home now, without any kind of reference check or home visit or anything.
1: Yeah, I could have been Cruella DeVille. And I stopped by and met him and I was a little concerned. He he kinda looked a little sickly and we just didn't really know know where he came from. Yeah. Sweet little guy. Though. Sweet Super little sweet. guy. And So I
2: reluctantly walked away. Other things were going on as well, as you know from last week. If you listened last week, oh, and I hope you did. It was a great show with Rory Friedman, co-author of Skinny Bitch. So check that one out. But anyway, I'm I'm out of my apartment for two weeks because we had a flood in the apartment. So I'm living in a hotel. I had a couple of speaking trips out of town. My husband was out of town because his mom had surgery. So all this was going on, and it just seemed like maybe a few days lapsed to decide about whether this was the time to invite Forbes into our life would be a good thing. And we decided it was. So this week, the rescue people were at a pet co in Flatbush, Brooklyn, which is really far from Manhattan. It was an hour and a half in subways. And you're smiling at me like it's not really that I'm far. I'm smiling
1: because you never leave our borough and you think that everywhere is like another country. Well, I sort <laughs> of do. But anyway, I went to this other
2: country and and we adopted little Forbes. Skinny. Yeah, he's very skinny. And a cough. And they said he has kennel cough. He's He's been on antibiotics. The real red flag was he has not been neutered. And they guessed him in the neighborhood of about years old so I, I talked to some people it's very hard to find out what the statutes really are about this kind of thing it seems from the best I could figure it out was that in New York State you can adopt out a dog who has not been spayed or neutered but you have to take a deposit that a refundable deposit so that if when you go back and you have done the surgery then you get your deposit back. This shelter was not doing anything with deposits. Well,
1: and and it uh, even if you don't legally have to spay or neuter them, that's the norm. Like if a dog gets picked up by the ASPCA, they spay or neuter it immediately, even if even if the owner turns up a few days later. Exactly.
2: And I guess the other side of that would be, but these little rescues don't have those kinds of resources, and they can't do all the medical screening tests. The dental, which I've heard is also customary at the Humane Society, the SPCA.
1: Yeah, but if they can't afford it, then I question if they should really be adopting out dogs because it's stuff like that that makes people go, oh, rescue dogs are too complicated. I'm just going to go to the pet store.
2: Precisely. Well, the big complication, as you know and our listeners are about to know, is that Little Forbes came from Georgia, and the southeast and the Gulf Coast is where heartworm really runs rampant because it's spread by mosquitoes, and that's the part of the country where dogs are are most at risk. He had all the symptoms. Now, I didn't know. I mean, we had Aspen, but mostly I've had cats. I didn't know that his little low cough and his emaciation and his lethargy and his lack of appetite were all strong symptoms of heartworm, and I'm very sorry to report that when I took him to the vet on Monday afternoon, got the results on Tuesday, he is positive for heartworm. Oh,
1: poor little guy. I didn't know that either. I guess, I, I mean, none of my dogs have ever had heartworm. And
2: Well, what I was told is that most vets in New York City have never seen a case of it. It, it has been found in all 50 states, but it's more prevalent in the hotter, wetter parts of the country. So Yeah, and
1: all the vets here, you know, they're always reminding you, Interceptor, Interceptor, do you need a prescription? Absolutely.
2: Which, uh, you know, and everybody that I know that has a dog, you give them the heart guard or something every month. Well, nobody was doing that for little Forbes, and he has this disease. So anybody listening who's a praying person, please pray for Forbes. I've already put him in silent unity. The treatment is grisly. It takes five months the first three months are kind of gentle to just get the worm population down, and then the treatment gets very, very harsh. It's actually a treatment with arsenic to kill the adult worms, and the little dog has to be completely still on cage rest, which I guess is the dog equivalent of bed rest, because to dislodge one of the worms that's dead can cause a uh, I don't know, something awful in the lungs and death. So it's not not good. However, I've got him. I'm committed to him. Gonna do whatever it takes to save his life. But here is the conundrum. What about this rescue? Part of me does not like to be a vigilante there's another part of me that does there's another part of me that gets this sort of righteous indignation i need to go after these people and make sure that they don't defraud anybody else or harm any more animals but on the other hand i'm pretty sure that they're not bad people who are just in it for the money and they're trying
1: to do good so where's the line i I think there's absolutely no conundrum i think you need to report them Absolutely. There are so many rescues doing so much good work. And like I said, it's people like that who make people not trust rescue dogs. And I don't even want to knock small rescues. Both of my dogs and the elderly dog we adopted before them, we got from very small rescues that I found on Petfinder. But you know, they did the legwork beforehand. Tala was spayed, Oliver was a baby who'd been dewormed and had the vaccinations that he needed at that age. Um, even the elderly dog we got, she was very old, but she had extensive dental work. You know, it's just there's something shady about that to me. I don't yeah. think that they should be operating like that.
2: Well, I have contacted Petco. I will contact Petsmart. I've also talked with the ASPCA and the Mayor's Alliance for New York City Animals. I, here, here's where it really gets complex to me. Little Forbes is going to live because these people rescued him. Well, he's going to live. Please, God, he's going to live because these people rescued him. But
1: what if somebody else had taken it? Well, that's the thing. He's going to live because you rescued him after they rescued him. I mean, (laughs) the thing is, a lot of people would have said, heartworm, oh, God, that's going to cost thousands of dollars. And they would have given that dog back to the rescue. Mm -hmm. And who knows if he would have gotten adopted by somebody else. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, that's
2: the thing. And they were not doing checks. You know, you've got to make sure even, I mean, I certainly hope nobody listening to Main Street Vegan lets an a animal breed or something and they have, you know, puppies or kittens or whatever. But if you do ever have a situation where you need to find a home for somebody, probably people do listen to our shows who are these saints who do foster work just so got to check people out. I mean, I could have walked up there and and had a laboratory or been looking for, for bait for dog fights. I mean, I could have been anybody, and they were just pushing, pushing, pushing that I take the dog right then. Yeah,
1: none of my three dogs that I've adopted were we able to keep the day we met them. And there was always at least a request for references. Mm-hmm. Well, they requested references. They didn't call me, but I gave you as a
2: reference. Did they no, call they you? Call
1: me. No, they, no, they didn't call me. No, they didn't call me. Yeah, and, and the not neutering thing, that's the one that really gets me. Like the others, you can maybe give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they didn't realize he had symptoms of heartworm. But, yeah, he should definitely should have been neutered at that age. That should have been the first thing they did. Well, this is the world
2: of Trying to do the best you can in life and running into moral dilemmas. You have a moral dilemma.
1: Oh, are you talking about my rats? Yes. <laughs> yes, <for> rats. okay. <laughs> People are going to think that I'm crazy, but I I have developed a rat problem in the backyard, probably because I've been doing all this bird fostering, and so I've had birdseed around, and rats like birdseed. And, um, and they're really taking over, but I don't want to kill them. I know they're vermin, but they're cute vermin. Oh, and, and they're <laughs> smart. I mean, rats are, are very...
2: Moral, ethical, loyal animals. When we have Jonathan Balcom, the uh, animal behaviorist, on in a few weeks, I'll get him to talk about rats. I understand that when they're out in the world, especially in urban areas, they do tend to populate very strongly and 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 some problems but
1: but as individuals they're incredible little animals well personally i think that when they find coyotes in the park they shouldn't ship them off upstate like they do i think they should leave them here to take care of the rat problem that would but be anyway natural way at least we have the red tail hawks so um so i bought a live trap to try and catch the rats but i gotta figure out what to do with them once i catch them like i don't know if you can dump them in the park that may be illegal and they might just eat rat poison there anyway Boy, that is a tough one. But there is a red-tailed hawk in the park. So I feel like at least if I take it there and it gets eaten by a hawk, that's, you know, that's, that's life. The that's cycle. the natural cycle. That's the natural cycle. It seems a little kinder than just killing it for no
2: purpose. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think humane traps are a great idea. I know that PETA has a lot on their website about humane traps and about what to do when you catch somebody who is just in a place where he's... Can, not at his can best. Can they tell me where to uh, where to deposit my rats? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so.
1: I guess you shouldn't take them to the subway. That would not be... Uh, I don't know. Those rats down there look pretty should. happy. I, I just can't figure out why they can't come up with some sort of rat poison alternative that just leaves them infertile or something so that they don't make more rats. And you've Googled this, I presume? Yeah, no, I've, I've Googled, uh, you know, humane rat control, and you get a lot of live traps. But... Uh, Because there are so many live traps, I have to assume I'm not the only person with qualms about killing the little rats. Oh, absolutely. So why why does this not exist? I would think that science could do that.
2: Well, they've been looking at other things, but I think the rat contraceptive is...
1: (laughs) I'm just saying, I think there's a market.
2: Yeah, well, well, good luck with that. So who do you have in the bird world at this point?
1: Uh, Right now, I have three little sparrows. Uh, They're very, very cute. And uh, one of them has to have uh, feathers plucked every day, so oh, they're no. here until her new feathers grow back in. She why, was uh, why would you have to do that? That sounds cruel and yeah, horrible. Yeah, it, well, it's not the most fun thing br- for the bird, but it's because she was malnourished before she came to the bird rescue. And so she grew these little wispy little feathers that she can't fly with because oh. she was malnourished. So the feathers won't grow back in stronger unless you pluck the ones that are already there. Uh, so we have to do that, and we do it over the course of several days, because I guess if you do it all at once, it really hurts and makes their wings sore. So we're just pulling one feather a day so it's not too terrible. Oh, my And in my the meantime, goodness. she's staying here while her little feathers grow back. Wow. They're so cute, though. Oh, they're so cute. Well, I can hardly wait to go out and, and see them. I really admire
2: you. And this is also what I run into with these people that rescue the dogs. Even the ones who maybe don't have the resources or or just aren't doing it properly, they're really there in the trenches. And I certainly consider myself an animal rights person. I mean, I am there to make donations whenever I possibly can to show up for the benefits and the walks and all that. But the people that get down in the
1: trenches and really, really do the work, oh, I'm so impressed with you guys. Well, I love working with the birds because they're animals that you don't normally get to interact closely with. For a while, I volunteered with a dog rescue, but I found that really hard. I found that like their dogs who are looking for homes, and I have a home, and I just wanted to take them all.
2: I know, but the birds but are a You also easier. have a husband who has a limit.
1: Well, I have a husband, <laughs> and I have two dogs, and I have a budget. You know, I can't adopt every single dog because, as, as you have just found out, dogs can be unexpectedly expensive. Yes, but uh, but the birds are fun. They're they're interesting. I got to I got to work with a uh, peregrine falcon at the rescue wow. yesterday. Yeah, that was really cool. Oh, that's exotic. And you get to work with all of your veggies in the garden. Are you pretty much done with the garden for this season? Pretty much. We've still got some basil that's making basil for me, but that's about it. Most other stuff is starting to die off. Oh, well, that'll be nice. Maybe you can make a big old pot of pesto
2: and share some with your mom. I have made quite a bit of pesto this year. I think Uh, I went a little overboard on the basil. Well, we will be moving back into our real home this Sunday. Oh, also, I want to tell anybody in the New York City area, this Sunday in Nanuet, New York, um, in Westchester County, I'm going to be speaking with Joe Cross, Joe the Juicer, from the film Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead. So the information for that is on the calendar. If you go to MainStreetVegan.net and click on Calendar and just look at this coming Sunday, I believe that's the, 21st of October or the 20th? Uh, 21st. 21st. Um, you can come out to Nanuet and see Joe the Juicer and me. Okay, we're about ready to take a break and come back with Dr. Goldhammer and Dr. Clapper and more of Main Street Vegan right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
0: michaels host of the prosperous life on unity online radio is an author life coach national speaker and the founder and spiritual director of the center for spiritual living in kansas city missouri through his writing coaching and speaking chris has helped thousands of people understand the basic spiritual principles that govern our lives in his book your soul's assignment he reminds us that we each have something to do here on earth a unique purpose to our lives. If you're interested in discerning what is yours to do, are looking for practical spiritual principles to inspire your life, or coaching to provide you with the tools to live more fully, visit Chris's website at www.chrismichaels.net. That's www.chrismichaels.net. Online radio is turning five this year, and we're throwing the biggest bash of all a cruise to the Caribbean. November 10 through 17, 2012. We'll celebrate in style aboard Holland America Line's Eurodam with sunshine, fine dining, and a selection of island excursions at beautiful ports of call in the Eastern Caribbean. Plus, feed your spirit with music, message, and meditation. Your favorite hosts will be there, and we hope you will join us too as we celebrate five years of spiritual programming at Unity Online Radio. For more information, visit www.unity.fm forward slash cruise. You're listening to Main Street Vegan with Victoria and Adair Moran. If you have questions or comments about today's topic or any other area of interest, we invite you to follow Victoria Moran on Twitter or email her at MainStreetVegan at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, back to Main Street Vegan. Okay.
2: Welcome back, everybody. This is Victoria Moran. And this is Adair Moran. And we are here with you on the Main Street Vegan Show. We have our wonderful guests waiting in the wings. But before we get started with them, we do have a caller. Hello, caller. Hello. Hi. What You had something to uh, tell hi. us about I, the I, dog situation? Yeah. Um, I was wondering if you have ever heard of a rice machine. A rice machine? R-I-S-E, rice. No, and what is it? It's a machine, and I happen to own one. I'm calling from Costa Rica, by the way, so I know about parasites and worms and stuff. Um, anyway, uh, this machine can get rid of heartworms. It's Seriously? It's a frequency generator. Yeah. Wow. Well, I will Google that, so look, and thank look, you so much. Yeah, look it up on the internet, and you uh-huh. might be able to um, help your doggy without lots of surgery and drugs and all that. Oh, well, God bless you. Thank you so much for calling in. We appreciate it. What's your first name? Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie. Thanks a million, and thanks for listening. Sure. Bye. Good luck with the dog. Oh, I so appreciate it. Thank you. Golly, aren't Uh, people wonderful? Thank you. Thank you. Okay. We have a couple of physicians whom I really believe Hippocrates would approve of if he were around today. We have Dr. Michael Clapper. I know Dr. Clapper is on the phone. Is Dr. Goldhammer with us yet? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, then I'll just introduce them both at once and we'll have a wonderful conversation. I'll do this alphabetically and start with Dr. Alan Goldhammer. You can find out more about Dr. Goldhammer at healthpromoting.com. Dr. Goldhammer is the founder of True North Health Center in Santa Rosa, California. This is a state-of-the-art center offering true holistic health care. I just visited there a few months ago, and, and in all honesty, knock on wood, if anything bad ever happened to my body, I would be on the first plane to Santa Rosa. At True North, they have state-of-the-art medical and chiropractic services, psychological counseling, massage, body work, and they also have an inpatient program for physician-supervised water fasting. And we'll find out when we talk to the doctors about what's important about that and why we might want to know about it. The center also does groundbreaking research. Dr. Goldhammer has been looking into uh, all sorts of fascinating things he was principal investigator in a landmark study about medically supported uh, water fast supervised water fasting in the treatment of hypertension he's also the co-author of one of my favorite books and oh my gosh if you have a problem with overeating or with eating foods just because they seem so incredibly good and how can i not eat them you must read this book the pleasure trap It will tell you why you want it. (laughs) I can't guarantee that it'll mean you don't want them anymore, but it will give you this wonderful, wonderful anthropological explanation of why we really like foods with lots of sugar and fat and salt that's dr goldhammer now his colleague at true north health is someone that i've also known for 30 years i was just talking to dr clapper in the break it seems like 1983 was a great year for people becoming vegan and meeting one another and and getting born and getting getting born i won't forget getting born that's right so dr michael clapper Has been a physician for 40 years and practicing nutritional medicine and applied nutrition for 30 years. He's also been a vegan for 30 years. He's an expert in complementary medicine. Actually was a radio host himself for 10 years in Washington DC and, and Hawaii. He has some excellent DVDs out about fasting and you can find out more about Dr. Michael Clapper at Dr. K-L-A-P-E-R dot com. Welcome gentlemen.
3: Thanks. Thank you. Much. It's lovely to be here.
2: Oh, it's wonderful to have you both. I just feel like I'm in consultation with two of, of the best minds in, in the health world today. So let me just ask each of you, and we'll just start with Dr. Goldhammer and then go to Dr. Clapper. Why are you not Doing the regular thing. I mean, I I know um, Dr. Goldhammer. You're a, a doctor of chiropractic, a doctor of osteopathy, and Dr. Clapper. You're a medical doctor. Why aren't you just putting out your shingle and doing what all the other doctors do?
4: Well, I mean, in my case, you know, it's based on a philosophy that I actually want my patients to get healthy, and since I know that health is the result of healthful living, the focus has to be on teaching people diet, sleep, exercise, and and health-related habits if, you know, I'm interested in seeing a good long-term outcome. And I also got exposed to this idea of fasting, which is a very ancient practice, and we've, you know, kind of applied that in a modern way, and it turns out that fasting is a very helpful way of people, getting people healthy faster. It speeds up the processes that naturally happen if you get out of the way and give the
3: body the things that it needs.
1: Yes, I remember yeah, I
3: reading <laughs> Yeah. Go
2: ahead. Dr. Clapper. Uh,
3: um, I agree totally with Dr. Goldhammer. Um, uh, when I graduated medical school, I thought I was going to be seeing six cases of leprosy every week and four cases of typhoid fever and, and two of Tuzugamuchi fever. Uh, in 40 years, I've never seen a case of leprosy or typhoid, thank heavens. But uh, what we treat is a grim, a small, grim group of diseases related to what people are eating, high blood pressure, or diabetes, obesity, clogged arteries. And um, to paraphrase a, a a common statement these days. It's the food, people. It's the food. And uh, and you put people on a lean, clean, plant-based diet and get them walking, getting enough sleep, and it's amazing how the body resculptures itself. It wants to be healthy, and people get leaner, and high blood pressures come down, and diabetes gets better, and arteries unclog. And so it's, it's the most powerful medicine I know, and so why am we practicing this? Because it works, and people actually get healthier. It's, it's the most exciting, gratifying, and least dangerous type of medicine in practice today. So I'm honored to be a true north in this kind of medicine.
4: You know, the fact is if, if you practice conventional medicine and you treat these diseases of dietary excess like high blood pressure and related cardiovascular disease, diabetes, and autoimmune disease, the one promise conventional medicine makes is that you'll never get well. If you follow their advice, they promise you, you'll be on the drugs the rest of your life. You'll never recover. Whereas using a nutritional medicine type of approach, a a significant percentage of patients can learn to manage and and regulate these conditions to the point where they can live a normal and healthy life without having to be dependent on health-compromising medications or treatment.
2: So what does somebody do if they're pre-diabetic or, or their blood pressure is a little bit up? They're just starting to see the signs that so many people do in their 40s or their 50s. Where do they start?
4: Well, first of all, I would argue that pre-diabetic is very similar to being pre-pregnant. You know, when you've compromised <laughs> your your health to where insulin resistance is a limiting factor, you're a diabetic patient, and so when you reach those, those uh those thresholds, that that's where you are. It's just, you know, you can talk about mild, moderate, or extreme, but I'm not sure I even accept the concept of, a, of pre-diabetes. What you can do is decide that you're going to get healthy, that health becomes the priority, and that since health results from health for living, you have to look at what you're doing in terms of how you eat how you sleep and how you exercise and make sure that you're doing everything you can uh, in those areas so that your body will heal itself. And if for some reason it's not responding quick enough, then you can cons- consider doing something like medically supervised fasting.
2: Now, What about juice fasting? I'm sure a lot of people are wondering if that's almost as good
4: Well, you know, from my viewpoint, juice fasting is another form of feeding. In other words, you have the normal physiology associated with eating when you're on the juice fast, which may be very helpful and may be very good, but it's not fasting. Fasting induces a unique biological adaptation that's unique to water-only fasting. When water-only fasting is indicated, nothing else is as good as water-only fasting. Water-only fasting isn't for everybody. You know, it's not always the best thing, and so not always the right thing. In some cases, modified feeding regimes uh, may, in fact, be the right uh, course of treatment. But where fasting's indicated, it's kind of a unique situation uh, that uh, really can't be approximated by juice fasting and, and juice fasting and water fasting. Very different processes. Juice fasting can be very pleasant, helpful. Um, safe Uh, water fasting can be an intense and miserable experience but water fasting is also a much more efficient way of accomplishing certain end games
2: so just explain to people who have never heard of it people who have never missed a meal and aren't planning to what what's what's the deal why could you possibly get help from not eating
4: Well, it turns out since so many of the conditions we're suffering from are consequences of dietary excess, so people accumulate uh, intermediary products of metabolism as well as exogenous toxic poisons within their cells, the the utilization of fasting is helpful because it is the most efficient way of mobilizing and eliminating these accumulated products. So whether you're dealing with things like insulin resistance or toxicity in general, the body rapidly mobilizes and begins to reverse this process in fasting. That's one of the reasons it can be often very unpleasant, because in the process of going through this detoxification process, you can experience some untoward symptoms that people don't like. But in terms of getting from point A to point B, it's probably the most efficient way we have of helping undo the consequences of dietary excess.
2: Well, I know that years ago, and I did quite a bit of, of water fasting in my youth, there used to be lots of places where you could go, lots of them in nice warm <laughs> climates, and, and it was supervised by a medical doctor, doctor of chiropractic, someone with experience in, in this. And now, as other than True North Health, there just aren't many places. Why not?
4: I think the economics of running a uh, inpatient facility are such that there's a lot more lucrative things people can choose to do there 's easier ways to make money um, and so unless you happen to be particularly interested in this type of uh, approach, uh, there are many logistic medical legal uh, and practical reasons why people, you know, choose not to do this. And in the past, there were many uh, facilities that were operated by single individuals that were dedicated to natural hygiene and, and fasting-related uh, factors. Many of those people have become old and died, and they have not been replaced uh, uh, by um people interested in doing that. I, I think that the practice of uh, integrative medicine and alternative medicine, and, and in particular fasting, is beginning to change, and I think hopefully True North Health Center will help lead that change, in that w- now we're running multi-doctor, multi scientifically-based facilities. Um, the, uh, there will be additional facilities opening. We have some doctors that we 've been working on training that are planning to open both in Florida and, and probably Southern California in the, in the coming months or years. but I think it 's taken kind of a shift in generation, and uh, that takes time.
2: I see now what about when we 're not fasting? <laughs> what should we be eating and This is That's to not. either or both of you Tell us about the food. <laughs>
3: Well, uh, as Dr. Goldhammer is saying, you know, fasting is a very powerful um, modality. Uh, It's it's almost as a medical intervention. It lowers high blood pressure, cleans out insulin receptors to help diabetes, uh, settles down inflammatory reactions. But it's not for weight loss, and it's not for creating a lean, healthy body. A lean, healthy body comes from the food stream uh, that you put through your bloodstream and your body day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. It's got to be a healthy plant-based food stream. That's what creates a healthy body. So um, here at True North, uh, we not only supervise fasting, but we're very strong on nutrition education. We teach people what to eat because I I tell my folks in my lectures, if you do 21 days on water, 30 days on water, it's a blip on the screen. The the real important thing is what you eat when you leave here after the fast. And so uh, we have cooking demonstrations and uh, and a lot of educational materials, uh, lectures, etc., uh i tell them um i think um the nutritional philosophy expressed by uh, Dr. Joel Furman, uh, I think, is pretty close to what we do here. So I have the folks, uh, uh, say, uh, I have them get uh, Dr. Furman's book, Eat to Live, and say, you know, read that, and you'll basically know what to do. But it's the oil and the dairy and the meat and the processed food. That's what's hanging on the waist of Americans. And you want to clean up your diet. Um, get on a good plant-based diet like we serve here. We have fruit and oatmeal for breakfast. Lunches and dinners are glorious salads and soups and steamed greens. And, uh, and bean burritos and lentil stews and just lots of hearty plant-based food. And uh, a little gentle movement, a little yoga, a little walk every day, and the body transforms. So uh, it's a lean, clean, plant-based diet. We, we serve no oils here, no, uh, no processed foods, and, uh, and uh, get that along with uh, eliminating the, the dairy and the meats uh, makes all the difference in the world. A whole food plant-based diet is the best medicine going.
4: We describe it as a plant-based SOS-free diet. So not only do we avoid the meat, fish, fowl, and dairy products, but we also avoid the added oil, salt, and sugar, the chemicals that tend to be added to food uh, that lead to the dietary pleasure trap.
1: So from what I've read about fasting, there is a fair bit of controversy around it within the medical community, and I know if you go to see your average doctor, they won't usually recommend that. So why do you think that is?
4: I don't think it's so much there's controversies, there's just extreme ignorance. People have absolutely no background exposure, they haven't bothered to look at the literature that supports the use of fasting, and fail to recognize that this ancient practice that's recognized by virtually every religious tradition on the planet has been around for a long, long time. Um, Fasting itself is a biological adaptation. It was necessary for our species to have this ability to adapt. And humans are, uh, you know, rather unique amongst animals in that our brains actually change Burning uh, sugar or glucose, which is our main fuel, to burning ketones, a byproduct of fat metabolism. And it does that uh, for the purpose of being able to allow us to adapt to this fasting state. Were it not for humans' ability to fast, our species would have long since died out. Because the first time spring came late, uh, we would have perished. But we, we can uh, fast because we're designed to be able to fast. And all we've done is take this ancient practice and apply it in a rather unique way, which is to give people an opportunity to eliminate the the consequences of their dietary excess. Those are the conditions that tend to respond best to fasting as conditions that are aggravated or caused by eating too much of the wrong things and fasting gives the body a chance to reverse that. So as far as most uh, physicians, frankly it's not just fasting that they'll argue against, it's diet as a whole. Many physicians, including even specialty groups, will tell you that diet has very little, if anything, to do with health. Uh, I've had uh, numerous opportunities where patients with conditions, for example, like ulcerative colitis, are told by doctors, oh, diet has nothing to do with it. Why would you think what you put in one end is gonna affect what comes out the other? It seems ridiculous to them to even contemplate the idea that diet might have a fundamental Fundamental role in causing, uh, contributing, and resolving these conditions, but in our experience, it clearly
3: does.
2: Fascinating.
3: Uh, yes, Go ahead, Michael. Uh, I'm. I'm Right, I'm often appalled at my co- my medical colleagues um, absolute uh, I don't know what to say denial, ignorance, you know, as Dr. Goldhammer said, um, about the role of food and the diseases they're spending their long hours in the office treating and uh, to think that uh, what you're smearing on that colon lining has nothing to do about why that colon's <laughs> all red and angry and inflamed is bizarre to me for scientists how they don't recognize this. Do, 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 I ask them do you not think there's a difference between, if you have an inflamed colon, whether you're going to smear um, you know, sweet potatoes and yams and squash on the surface of it, or fried chicken, hot coffee, and beer? Do you, do you think there's no difference between the effects you get? And yet they think uh, food has nothing to do with it. But we think food has a lot to do with it, and, and that's why we get a lot of success uh, with uh, so many of these um, medical conditions that the established medical establishment just uh, covers over their symptoms
2: coming up on a break. A- <laughs> Can you okay. hold that thought, Dr. Goldhammer? We're going to be coming to Certainly. a break in just a moment. I want to hear what you have to say, and then I want to ask you what you would say to Adair and me, and if, if instead of being Adair and me, we were the CEO and the COO of a major drug company. When we come back with more Main Street Vegan On Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
0: What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Pacific on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. For tuning in for Main Street Vegan, here are your hosts, Victoria and Adair.
2: Welcome back to Main Street Vegan. I am Victoria Moran. And Adair Moran. And we are talking today with Dr. Alan Goldhammer. You can find him at healthpromoting.com. And Dr. Michael Clapper drclapper.com and you can also find us at mainstreetvegan.net. We'd love to hear from you. So Dr. Goldhammer, you were about to say something when the break came up. What was that?
4: Well, I think there's a lot of uh, confusion on the part of physicians because, you know, making token changes in the diet does not result in radical changes in health. If you just change the color of your meat from red to white, that's not going to revolutionize your body's ability to try to heal itself. In order to get radical changes in your health, you need to make radical changes in your diet. And radical comes from the word... uh, radicus, I believe, which is root or cause. And so that's why we adopt uh, a radical diet change, which is a vegan diet that's free of animal foods and uh, a diet that's free of the dietary pleasure traps. So not only do we get rid of the animal foods, but also the chemicals added to food, including oil, salt, and sugar. And when you make that type of change, where you're eating a plant-based food of fruits and vegetables, grains, legumes, and nuts and seeds, you will see radical changes in a person's health. The speed uh, with which those changes occur may vary. And in some cases, you know, we may want to speed it up with things like fasting. But this idea that it's helpless and hopeless and you have to learn to live with it and there's nothing that can be done is often not true. In fact, we we say at the True North Health Center, we specialize in treating people that are going to have good results so they so they make us look good.
2: Uh-huh. And, Dr. Clapper, you were saying something similar during the break about the importance of hope and this whole irreversible thing may not be.
3: Yes. Yes. Um, when you look at the spectrum of, of modern diseases here, you know to use an automotive analogy, if. If you're driving your car, and the gas gauge reads empty, and you pull into the gas station, but instead of pulling up to the gas pump, you pull up to the diesel pump, and you fill your car full of diesel fuel. Diesel fuel is kerosene. It's oily. It doesn't burn cleanly. And you turn on the ignition, and there black smoke is coming out the back, and it sputters and coughs and rolls forward 10 yards and and comes to a stop. And you look out in the back, and you see the black smoke coming out, and you say, my car has a disease. And uh, you get towed back to the garage, and the mechanic says, what were you using for for fuel? You say, well, kerosene. He says, I have an idea. Try gasoline. And they drain out the kerosene. They clean off the spark plugs, and they put in high-test-octane gasoline. Whom, the car starts right up. Whoa, that mechanic was so smart. He cured my car's disease. The car didn't have a disease. It functioned exactly as you'd expect it to by putting in too oily a fuel that clogs up the piping system and the filters. Well, the American diet is too oily a fuel and so the pressure starts running high as the pipes clog up and the filters clog up and the, uh, and the sugar levels go up and you get these diseases names put on it oh you have high blood pressure you have diabetes take these pills when the problem is the fuel that you're putting through the system and uh, so people who've been given uh, I've got patients with handfuls of pills and no hope and I've got to take these the rest of my life I'll always be fat and diabetic the good news is, no, you won't always be fat and diabetic. Just look at what you're eating. Let's, let's clean up your, your dietary intake and watch your body reshape itself. And, and it happens quickly over the course of weeks, not very, not months and years. And so I would just want to say, to folks, um, even if you've given, been given some dismal diagnosis uh, for rheumatoid arthritis or colitis or uh, diabetes or high blood pressure, that there's nothing to do but take these pills and shots, um, you have an honest look at at what you're really eating, get some help, um, give us a call. We do phone consultations, um, get, uh, get appropriate books, to get started on a lean, clean, plant-based diet, and, uh, and you have great reason for hope, and, uh, and that's why we exist. And uh, fortunately, the word's getting out, and we're trying to do that as much as we can as well. And, and your program uh, is helping uh, that information be dispersed as well. So glad to be part of the process.
2: Well, we're thrilled to be a little part of it, too. Now, I want to hear what you guys would say to us if we were big old pharmaceutical company honchos. What do we need to hear?
4: Well, actually, we've had uh, <laughs> I've had a patient who actually does own a pharmaceutical company, and uh, we told him just the same thing we're telling you, health is a result of healthful living. And in his particular case, uh, he did uh, a fast that was, I think, 33 days, had a very good come with cardiovascular disease. And he came to us because he knew uh, very well that the pharmaceutical approach was not going to be effective uh, in helping him actually resolve his condition. Uh, so I don't think that there's... Um, uh, any advice change that changes depending on what job you do or who you are. The health, healthy principles are the same for everybody, rich and poor, uh, employed or unemployed. Uh, you have to get back to the basics, which is diet, sleep, and exercise. Do
2: you think yeah, I agree. People, I know. Go ahead. I was just going to say mm-hmm. that somebody who's really invested in the pharmacological way of doing things, do you think. They really believe that it's the best way, or they just don't know anything else?
4: Well, I can tell you one thing. The, 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 the single biggest increase uh, that we've seen as patients at the True North Health Center uh, in recent months has been medical doctors. So we've had more physicians come in as patients in the past few months uh, than we've seen in the past few years. And so I think that at least as far as the medical profession is concerned, they're starting to open up their eyes a bit. Um, you now have uh, specialties in medicine of integrative medicine, one of which is a residency fellowship that's being offered here in Santa Rosa. And so doctors are uh, starting to say, well, wait a second, maybe there's more than just drugs and surgery as, when it comes to getting, uh, getting patients uh, healthy, uh, including themselves healthy. And so I think, you know, as you see doctors change their own habits, they'll begin to change the advice they're giving to their patients.
2: Now that's exciting. Dr. Clapper?
3: yes I agree um, you know, I've had MD after my name for for forty years and uh, and I'm not opposed to pharmaceutical medications and if someone has uh, pneumonia I'm going to give them a potent antibiotic and I will bless the the pharmaceutical company who makes mezithromycin um, and that's uh, I'm not saying that drugs are bad there is a time to to use them and someone's got a bad heart rhythm um, you can certainly help them from going to cardiac arrest with the right medications now the, the drugs have a role, but they, as Dr. Goldhammer said, they are seldom the cure. You know, if you've got an infection, I guess, or a vitamin deficiency, well, even that comes from, from food. But yeah, outside of antibiotics, they, they don't cure much. And so, um, but the drugs themselves are not evil. It's it's the, the mindset that we've developed um, around the pills, you know, the pill for every ill syndrome. And and it's constantly, nowadays, it's marketed it, You know, you're talking, you know, you've got heartburn, take the purple pill, and, and you can eat all you want at the barbecue and and that's the pernicious uh deceptive advertising and mindset that's getting poured out there and that really needs to to stop we if we yeah we we watch the election process and co- controlling health care costs well there's going to be no controlling health care costs we're getting fatter and sicker until we get to the root cause and it's what we're eating it's the food people it's the food so um so you know, the public, it's not up to the pharmaceutical company. They'll, they'll follow whatever the public does. The public has to be educated, and the public has to change their um, their eating habits. And, and then we're going to all need much less pills. Uh, and, uh, and I was mar- remarking the other day how interesting it is when I was a young doctor, Learning about all these potent medications, I said, "Oh well, we can put him on this pill for his heart rhythm, and this pill for his blood pressure, and this pill for his kidney function, and this pill for his joint pain." And uh, oh boy, you know, we could really exercise our great healing powers here. Now, after forty years of medicine and uh, having uh, been thoroughly humbled by uh, by nutritional medicine and getting uh, I seeing my patients get healthy, now the fun in medicine is: oh, we can get him off this pill. Oh, we can stop that one. We can stop this one. We can stop that one. The fun is. I is getting them off the medications now, and it happens uh, with a nice healthy diet and lifestyle so uh, the the people will follow, the, the drug companies will follow when the people uh, make the necessary changes and that 's a matter of education
4: I think it 's important that we help people understand that these are not bad habits that they have when it comes to their diet they are in fact life threatening addictions that people are um, caught in what we call the dietary pleasure trap, where they're artificially stimulating that pleasure-inducing dopamine in their brains, and that when they stop doing it, uh, they go through a very real withdrawal effect, very much like uh, any addict, uh, as they withdraw from their substance uh, of choice. And so these are very difficult changes. Making these diet and lifestyle changes is amongst the most difficult thing people are ever asked to do. And that's why, in some cases, they're going to need help. Just like some alcoholics can uh, get an epiphany experience and quit drinking on their own, others need help. Uh, For those that are having trouble making these changes on their own, that's why there's the True North Health Center, where people can come and be in a safe, medically supervised environment, uh, eliminate the unnecessary medications, make the dietary changes, and give their body a chance to heal itself.
1: My aunt, my husband comes from a family of doctors, and uh, the phrase that I keep hearing is a big problem lately is a uh, polypharmacy. Is that something that you run into mm. a lot of with your patients?
3: <laughs> oh, boy, uh, they come in with bags full of pills, and uh, and, it, and it's, it's a really it's, it's a valid description of a dreadful situation where you wind up treating drugs that, for the side effects of the other drugs, and there's just no end of uh, of pills you can just layer on one after another as the side effects pile up. And that's probably pharmacy, and it's it's dangerous. It's a bad way to practice medicine, and it's, it's a lazy kind of medicine. Now uh, you got to get to the root of the problem, and it's what the. Pay- are eating and how they're living their lives. And,
4: you know, what's happening, too, is you're getting, you know, drug popularity. You have... Uh uh, neuropsychiatric medications, antidepressants that have gone from $500 million to $24 billion a year in sales just since the introduction of Prozac around 1986. So you're seeing classes of medications that are being pushed in incre- with increasing vigor to increasingly younger and younger uh, patients. So by the time they've reached adulthood, they've, they are thoroughly and completely dependent on a variety of medications, and as Dr. Clapper points out, soon you'll be needing additional medications to manifest the consequences of the original medications. So we're literally creating a society of, of addicts addicted to the chemicals in our drugs, the addicted to the chemicals in our foods, and it's a big, big problem.
2: But you have a fabulous solution. So everybody, check out True North Health. Look up Dr. Clapper, Dr. K-L-A-P-E-R.com, Dr. Goldhammer, HealthPromoting.com. Check out Dr. Goldhammer's book, The Pleasure Trap find us mainstreetvegan.net we're all in this together to make this country as we're all thinking of going to the polls in a few weeks and this world happier healthier and more sane God bless you both and thanks so much for being our guest today on Main Street vegan.
3: You're most and, welcome. It was lovely to be with you and your listeners. Thank you.
2: Uh, oh, well, it was, it was absolutely our pleasure. I want to let you all know what we've got coming up next week. Next week, we're going to be talking about the food. <laughs> we'll have a cookbook author, Robin Aspel. She wrote Big Vegan and a lot of other great cookbooks. And we're also going to have a lovely young woman named Rachel Weaver, who actually got well. Dr. Clapper mentioned ulcerative colitis. This is what she had. She had Crohn's disease. Well, she doesn't have it now. So we're going to be talking with uh, Robin Asbell and this wonderful person who healed a week from today. At this same time, you'll find us right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. God bless.
0: Thank you for listening to Main Street Vegan. Join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time as Victoria and Adair Moran entertain, educate, and inspire you on your vegan journey. This program is sponsored by Main Street Vegan. To learn more about Victoria and Adair or to explore training with Main Street Vegan Academy as a vegan lifestyle coach, go to www.mainstreetvegan.net. That's www.mainstreetvegan.net. This is the place for you. We'll have some how to suggestions about how you can say yes more often from this point forward. Talk with Beverly Molander and her guest live every Monday at noon central or 1 p.m. Eastern. Affirmative prayer, activating the power of yes. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. According to an ancient Hindu teaching, If you can only speak the truth and tell no lies for 12 consecutive years, you can attain enlightenment. Resolve to be honest with yourself and others starting today. And after 4,383 days, you just may become enlightened. This meditative moment from Reverend Joan Gattuso and Unity Magazine is brought to you by Unity. Daily word, inspiration, and practical teachings to help people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives.
4: My mind and body
0: are in an ongoing conversation. My body responds to my thoughts, and my mind continually receives messages from my body, especially when something is out of order. However, I am more than mind and body, I am created in the image and likeness of God. I am first and foremost spirit. As I bring my spiritual awareness into the conversation between mind and body, I keep myself in balance. I know my body and its needs. I nurture it with food and water, rest and exercise. I also send an affirmation of life and renewal to every cell of my being. With spirit-centered thoughts, words, and actions, I claim my true identity as a whole and healthy expression of God Mind, body, and spirit. Daily Word magazine is now available in a digital format. To learn how you can subscribe to this online interactive magazine, go to www.dailyword.com.